Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. And it is time for the Sages Among Us, and I'm Keith Porter, your host. And this evening, my guest is David Sparky Parker. He's an artist, a community activist, former Sierra College trustee, former Nevada city mayor, and founder of the famous Marching Presidents. So, David, and I'm going to call you Sparky, welcome to the hot seat on The Sages Among Us. Well, thank you, Keith. Uh, It's a privilege to be on the show. Well, I'm glad to have you, especially since we had a last-minute uh, problem with your phone, apparently. <laughs> so we made contact, and that's great. We don't have to do a rerun. We can do a live show right here, right now. So uh, let me share a little bit about your background uh, before we uh, actually get started here. Um, you grew up in Oakley uh, in the eastern Contra Costa County uh, Area at the time was apricots and peach orchards and grape vineyards. You moved to Lodi for the eighth grade, graduated from Lodi High School, San Joaquin Delta Junior College, and uh, got a BA in fine arts from CSU Sacramento, and ended up in Squaw Valley for a gap period, I think, after college. And then got too cold, so you came to Nevada City, and you've been here ever since. And uh, you've been a smoke jumper and, uh, I don't know, all kinds of different things. We'll talk about all that. So uh, it's great to have you here. Well, thank you. It's my uh, uh, 50th year. I'd like to correct you one thing. For all my uh, firefighting Forest Service friends out there, I was never a smoke jumper, jumper, but I did do a lot of firefighting. Okay, well, yeah. Okay. I'd be in a lot of trouble for that. Well, <laughs> but you, you, you traveled around to fires in helicopters and stuff, right? Isn't that smoke That's jumping? True, very true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you found no, the smoke. It's a, you just didn't. Ahead, you just didn't jump quite as much then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was closer to the ground. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about growing up in Oakley and the Delta, and then Lodi. I mean, fruit orchards and grape vineyards and all of that. Um, you know, what was life like then? What were your parents, your family like? Well, I grew up in a blue-collar, working-class family, and uh, both my mother and father actually worked for the Fiberboard Corp- Corporation in the plant in Antioch. And uh, I, we lived in a, a very uh, a bucolic uh, uh, situation with uh, vineyards, apricots, peaches uh, all surrounded me, and uh, walnut trees, too. It was really, really wonderful Growing up, this is in the 1950s when, when America was uh, uh, really invigorated after World War II and everybody was uh, beginning the, uh, a new life in America, basically. And I, was, I, I, I really enjoyed my time uh, in the Oakley area. It's in eastern Costa County, and, and right now it's nothing like it was then. It's mostly a, a suburb area. Right. And moving... And moving to Lodi was uh, we actually lived in town and it was very uh, very small town. Then I think Lodi was only fourteen thousand people. I think it's about seventy five thousand now. And it was uh, I went to eighth grade there and high school there, and uh, it, it was a very interesting time because this is the beginning uh, in the sixties uh, and America was in uh, beginning to, uh, a new a new adventure in many ways and. Uh, San Joaquin Delta was a community college, and uh, uh, I enjoyed that time. And uh, I went off to Sacramento. It was actually my really first time out on my own 
and I attended then Sac State, and I uh, I took uh, quite a few classes. I had an enjoyable time. I was there uh, for a while, and uh, uh, my uh, I took recreation management. I was pretty much figure, figured that was be my degree, and uh, I always always liked art, and uh, I decided to. Uh, check out the art department and I where I grew up when I grew up I had a wonderful life uh, I, we weren't poor I guess but we didn't have art in our house really we had photographs and stuff and and I never had gone to a museum and uh, Sacramento at state at the time had this wonderful outstanding art uh, faculty which I wasn't aware of until I, I did I mean world-class and I, I first went to my first gallery was there, the Robert Ellis Gallery. And then one day I went to the San Francisco MoMA. And I'll never forget the moment. Uh, I uh, was, went in the Clifford Still room. And Clifford Still, for those of you who don't know, is considered one of the best abstract paintings in America at the time and, and, and historically. I knew nothing of the man. And I went, walked into this room and saw these immense, beautiful color paintings. And I stayed in there for an hour, and I never looked back. I said, I want to be a painter. So, I mean, that literally was a life-changing experience for you, walking into that room then, huh? Absolutely. It was. Um, uh, it, it, it gave me the desire to paint, and uh, I've been painting for 50 years. Excellent. Well, hey, before we completely leave your childhood, I wanted to go back and ask you, what kind of a kid were you? Were you a responsible kid or rebellious or, you know, what, what, how would you describe yourself? Or more importantly, how would your parents have described you? <laughs> uh, I think my mom would say I like to have fun and I was a good child. My dad might be a little more reserved there. Uh, and it, up until it, it, when I was in the Oakley area, it was just kind of like Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, to be honest, life going down the river. I could see the the railroad track down through there, and I, and I could see the Southern Pacific Railroad all about a mile away, and I could see the smoke coming out of the stacks. So, and that's probably why I got, became a great interest in, in trains. I just had, would see them. Um, and uh, we were, I grew up as a Baptist. Uh, uh, we were, most of my uh, social life, up all the way up until high school, was really related to the church. And I, I got a just had a wonderful uh, childhood. Uh, I didn't really get in too much trouble until I got into high school, and I became, uh, I, I just didn't pay attention enough, and I had way too much fun. Yeah. I didn't mean I got arrested or anything like that, but I just had a really good time. Well, one one should at that stage of their life, if they possibly <laughs> can. <laughs> well, hey, tell us about, the, the, you, you mentioned this uh, gang of nine of you went after graduation and spent some time in Squaw Valley just hanging out, I guess. Uh, you weren't up there to make a living, were you? Was this just a gap experience? Oh, absolutely a gap experience. It, so nine of us li- moved to, literally lived in Squaw Valley, and I think there's only three of us that were there the whole whole summer that stayed there. The rest would come in and out. And uh, we hiked. Uh, we enjoyed the Lake Tahoe. We went to Tahoe City. We Obviously, for those who know that period of time, we invited in the uh, Bear Pen, which was a well-known drinking establishment in Squaw Valley itself. And then the snows came, and I realized I was not wanting to be a snow person. And, uh, <laughs> uh, that, yeah, ta- Tahoe area, Squaw uh, Valley, could do, does that for a lot of people. Let, Excuse yeah, me. Go ahead. It, it, it just wasn't uh, what, what I wanted to do. 
Well, but 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 then you drop down to Nevada City, and I'm wondering why Nevada City. Well, I I was actually in college. I was in a fraternity, and uh, I was a Theta Chi of all things, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, my fraternity brother met this woman, uh, Barbara Dreher, actually, who still lives in town, and they was this future wife. And we came to town, and we visited it, uh, and I had a marvelous time. And then after we left Squaw, I came back down Highway 20, and I, it was in fall, late fall, and there's still color, and the church steeple's up. And I said, I just have to move here. And um, I did. Uh, in December, I moved and uh, became um, the best decision I think I ever made. Oh, no looking back after that, huh? You, you mentioned that your neighbor at the time when you first got here, Eric Tome, helped you find a job with the National Forest, Tahoe National Forest, doing brush disposal, but that you said 80% of that was really firefighting. That must have been kind of hard work and grimy work. Oh, well, you know, uh, it, 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 it was really exciting in a lot of ways, and it was, uh, uh, it wasn't, you'd get, you'd, you'd get, you'd, You'd get you'd get grimy in times, and but firefighting was. Uh, There's a dog in the background. Uh, I got a, a dog just came in here, and I'm trying to get him out. <laughs> <laughs> you got you preoccupied there. Well, l- firefighting was really good, and Eric was good, and it was a is a BD crew rush disposal, and uh, uh, we were getting our money from a, sa- a fire uh, from timber sales so we were well funded and we were a, a crew that was uh, available at all times so we did a, we went all, all the places and it, it was fun i had never been in the woods really never even ran a chance on it. ended up doing that driving driving that became a tto which is a tank truck operator and got as you said it flew in a helicopter flew all over the western united states uh, it, it was just really exciting I'd like to relate a story when I actually my first house was in top of Nevada Street, and uh, it, it I never had seen it snow before. You know, I, it's kind of funny. It leaves squad from the snow, and now I'm in the snow in Nevada City. But these huge flakes came down, and it was so wonderful. And then, then my my housemate and I, we we cross country skied down to the Club Crazy Horse, and I met a bunch of people there, and it was just the beginning of. Uh, of this wonderful journey in this amazing town, Nevada City. Found found your tribe, huh? Yeah, in fact, Eric Combe, he was, uh, uh, he also had uh, started Grimblefinger after he he stopped working for the Forest Service, and Grimblefinger was a fairly well-known bookstore on Commercial Street. And upstairs, he started a gallery, and it uh, uh, wasn't my first one-man show in town. That was with the Arts Council, but I had many shows upstairs above that of his store, and so I owe Eric quite a bit of uh, kudos in, for my life story. Right. Well, let me tell folks that you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Keith Porter. I'm talking today with David Sparky Parker. He's an artist, a community activist, former Sierra College trustee, former Nevada City Mayor, and founder of the famous Marching Presence. And we want to talk about all of that, but uh, we've got probably way more to talk about than we're going to have time for, but we'll try to get into it. But going back to uh, your uh, earlier life, you were very involved in recreation. You said you thought you might even study, uh, get a degree in recreation, uh, all kinds of 
organizations in Nevada County, uh, Volleyball Association, Twin Cities Flag Football League, Slowdown Basketball League, and you became chair of the Nevada County Recreation Commission. So w- tell us a little bit more about your broad interest in recreation. Well, I, I think recreation is one of the cornerstones of community with, with safety and uh, health and all of those, and uh, I, I've always believed that. And I, Mike Snake called me once, and it was, uh, we were in the old high school, which is no longer there, but it's uh, where Force Charter School is and Gold Run School was there on, on Zion Street here in Nevada City. And the old high school that started built in the 1920s, it's a wonderful, wonderful old building. And it had this wonderful, stunning gym, uh, Naughty Pine, and it had an actually football field. And it was so it came in and we started the Twin Cities Football League that uh, for only lasted another year after this, but the, the Flag Football League lasted about 15 years. The Nevada County Volleyball Association lasted almost four decades, and uh, the other sports lasted uh, probably within five or six years. Uh, it, was, it was just a, a great interaction with the community. I was a young man then. I was I was playing the sports myself, and it just uh, it was one of the cornerstones of recreation here. And uh, the recreation commission was interesting, but I've always felt we were rather useless because we were with the county, and they really didn't want to be too involved in recreation. Uh, it's a bit more uh, local than that, I guess, huh? Yeah, they, so it's always been a part of the uh, either special districts or uh, the, the two cities give the bulk of the recreation, Nevada City and Grass Valley. Well, I know, uh, Sparky, that you fought hard to save that uh, Nevada City High School building on Zion Street from destruction, but you didn't succeed. But what, what, why do you care so much about that building at the time and, and, and that site? Why is it so important, do you think? Well, it was, it was a charming facility, but... It, what it was is the county had purchased the site for what would become an Eric Root Center at the Eric Root site, or it says now the administrative center. And the site proved to be way too small for what, how the county was grown in the 70s and 80s. And they decided they, it was surplus and they wanted to get rid of it. I thought it would be a great community center. And I still do this today. I, I'm, we went to court. I think by the time the, the gavel stopped ringing in the in the the, the DA had driven through the gym at first, it was it made me cry, and I, I'm still amazed that Nevada City, with its great belief in history and uh, preservation, let that that building go, and it saddens me. Yeah. Well, David, uh, we've got a lot more to talk about in terms of your involvement in the community and the famous marching presidents in particular, but a couple more personal questions first. Uh, is there an accomplishment or a role that you've fulfilled in your life that you're especially pleased with or, or proud of? Uh, uh, well, absolutely. Uh, I, I, and I don't know about jumping the gun, but I, I, when I ran for the Sierra College Board of Trustees in 1983, I had the good fortune of being elected. I was a little wet behind the ear, ear, but I ran for two things. One, to restore, well, keep the buses from going away. There was a bus that ran here back to the, I mean, the campus in in Rockland. And uh, I wanted to start the process of hopefully building a campus here. And in all honesty, we took a, a decade, but we built a campus here in Grass Valley. And after that, we was leader in building the campus in Truckee. So uh, those two campuses alone will give me self-satisfaction uh, of 
and it took a village and this thing, but I know my leadership role is really important. Oh, uh, boy, and, those, uh, and, and that's a, if speaking for this community, that's a tremendous asset to the community. I'm sure it's also true in Truckee, and uh, so we're grateful to you for your efforts to make it happen. Thank you. <laughs> and, and you're rightfully proud of that, for sure. Yes. Uh, so let me ask you the con- converse question. Um, anything you'd care to share about your life that in retrospect you'd do differently if you could do it all over again? Yeah, I would think uh, uh, in college I'd pay more attention. Now I learned a lot. I had great instructors, and I really didn't realize that I learned much until after college, after when I started working on my own. I, a painter is mostly self-creating and things, but you, and I, so I should have taken a little more time to learn a little more, and I should have made better contact in the art world while I was in college. I kind of regret that. I've had a marvelous time, maybe a little bit too much fun in college. But that would be the one point, Keith. I think I probably could have done a little better. Okay. Well, there you go. Confession's good for the soul, right? <laughs> Keep you going there. Um, that's that's great. Um, what would you say for you personally? What are the personal rewards for you from all that you do and have done and do continue to do in the community? What makes it worthwhile to you? Uh, being involved in this community uh, has. Uh, been a, a pleasure because you and probably most of the listeners know how, how this community, and I'm talking about Western Nevada County as a whole, not just Nevada City, is it gives so much back. Uh, and I, I've met so many uh, caring and giving people throughout my whole 50 years of being a community activist. And it, it's made, uh, without sounding too corny, it's really made me. Uh, a way better human being for just to be interacting with all sorts of people to make a better community. Oh, that's great. So um, tell us about some of your other activities. You you co-founded what became the the Nevada City Mardi Gras. You were General Duda in charge of the Mardi Gras Kazoo Band. Why why that? Well, uh, well, one because it's, it's a great time, but actually it, it was it became uh, a, a classic moment by then. Actually, being an artist, you, you have to not only do you have to fight fires. I was a bartender for um, about 16 years, and a, cu- a couple of customers, uh, Kurt Colagrass and Rich Waters, came in the bar and remarked how much uh, Commercial Street here in Nevada City reminded them of old New Orleans and Mardi Gras. And they'd gone, they'd known about this character named Joe Kane. And Joe Kane was actually a Mobile. And Mobile is the original Mardi Gras in America, not New Orleans. And they still have one going. And then they, Orleans told me about it. It just sounded marvelous. And I said, I can help. We can get it going. And uh, uh we did. And it, basically, it was a 12-hour bar party in the first year, and then it grew from there to thousands and thousands of people that would come to town and spend the whole weekend here. And uh, it, uh, out of that, I became General Duda, of course, for, for, <laughs> and had the, had the gazoo band. And uh, we, uh, we I, I don't know if anybody could hear us, but we had a great time. Well, and, I... And, I think we're we're hearing lots of evidence of why you have the nickname Sparky. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just uh, it, uh, you know out of that I had a lot of friends started the Merry Widows and many of them are listening out here. I give kudos to them. Second year, uh, you know they're they're a perfect example of, of Nevada County. They they started as a fun group, 
And now here, 20-some-plus, 25-plus years later, they've probably given $80,000 to scholarships for uh, needy students to go to college. Mm-hmm. I mean, so th- that, that's just an example of the hard work that this community does for each other. Yeah, it's all about community. And have fun at it. Yeah. Okay, you're listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Keith Porter. I'm talking today with David Sparky Parker, artist, community activist, former Sierra College trustee, former mayor of Nevada City. We haven't talked about that yet. And founder of the famous Marching Presidents. That either. We're going to get there. Um, Tell us about the great mural escapade. Well, uh, it's been a humorous when I'll I'll go back to when I worked for the Forest Service, their Forest Service office uh, for the district, Nevada City District, was right on Commercial Street. And there was a bar, which now is the Brick, and there was Coopers and Wileys and uh, uh, Frams, at, but it, it was a bar called Pete's Place for, for 40, 50 years, and most people don't even know that it existed. But it was, a, it was an old-time, friendly bar, but it had this patio, which... Was in the patio. Was where a junk car were, the dogs were at, and things. And I saw this wall, and I said, "I want to paint a mural there." And this is in the uh, late seventies. I didn't know that. Almost two decades later, <clears throat> I'd get an opportunity. Uh, and I, the owner was Bob Drake of Wiley's, and he was a clever genius of a man with a dark sense of humor, and and was a playful character to be honest with you so i bugged him for a length and finally said okay we'll prep the walls so i painted literally i think the first mural in this town outdoors in a hundred years and we did i did it in three days it wasn't graphed out it was like those bright colors and well i hit the fan about three weeks later and this and make this very wonderful story short uh, uh we went to court and you know, Bob decided he'd like to fight City Hall, and, and we did. And we fought City Hall, well, and we fought the law, and the law won. So they, we were ordered to uh, paint over the mural, and we did. And and then what the funny part was, Bob sent him a letter, and he painted it over with a clear coat. <laughs> so the mural was that still was there. <laughs> and so his mural was still there. And it really was there for years after that until a new owner had bought the building and wanted to remodel, put the dance floor that's in there now. And he went to the planning commission with his architect. And the chair, first thing the chair said to this individual, because if you want to do anything on this project, you got to do one thing first, even when you know what that was. What's that? That was the, to paint over the mural. And during the time the mural was up, we were in every news outlet uh, in Northern California, Chronicle, the, um, all the television stations, Sacramento, Sacramento Bee. It, it was really my proof that uh, art can be dangerous. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you mentioned you fought the law, the law won, and then after 46 years in Nevada City, you ran for city council. You you got on the city council. You became the mayor for a year or two. You know, so you became the law. Uh, why did you move into politics? Um, well, first of all, it was kind of ironic when I thought about the mural. That I'll tell you really simply, Keith, why. Uh, in 1983, when we were beginning the process of thinking about a, a community college, here, a college campus here in western Nevada County, I was looking around, and I went up to the old airport owned by the city. It's 110 acres, uh, and 
I fell in love with the site. I actually thought it would be a great place to put the campus. It was the wrong spot. But I fell in love with that spot. It, it, it's a rare piece of wonderful dirt that should be a, a park for all of us. And I already go back to my recreation things. So I ran for the city council to promote that idea. And and we got it as a goal. We had public hearings. We're toward the final stages of actually making it come back to the council. And, while, and COVID came. And it's been in a... Uh, uh, in hold on limbo in limbo yeah but i really want to encourage anybody out there that's listening that just go up there and look and think 110 acres what a wonderful park that could be for nevada city and in case i like to add my other i guess dream would be the manzanita diggings which is right there below uh coyote street and uh, highway 20 I always thought it would be a wonderful place, uh, for example, to be like um, uh, Tanglewood East, which is a national park for the culture. It could be Tanglewood West, and it would be a perfect thing for Nevada City also. And that's mm-hmm. why I championed to be on the city council. All right. Well, let's keep that dream alive. You know, we've got about four minutes here, and I, we haven't even talked about the famous marching presidents. Let's close off with that. Tell us about the famous marching presidents. Why did you found that? <laughs> Well, we found it in 1988, and it really came to me in a dream at night. Uh, I loved the parade. Uh, Constitution Day Parade had uh, uh, was a Masonic, uh, most of the thing. It was wonderful. The buses, they would come in their clown cars, and think it was a wonderful time. And I really thought we had a shortage of uh, local participants. And so I said, let's do this. And surprisingly, I had about 52 people show up, and we, we strolled down uh, Broad Street, 1988. I didn't, at the time, you would think that we would not be here 34 years later, being probably won more awards than any group, uh, been one of the shining points and features of the parade. But we feature every president, every first lady, Secret Service, and a few auxiliary uh, stars. Our first year, well, the, truthfully, we were a mob, and uh, uh, I can still see us at the we were at the review stand. Unbeknownst to me, a group of them had bought uh, uh, boxers, stars and stripes, boxer shorts, and then they all dropped their pants at the review stand. <laughs> I should have known then we were going to be in trouble. But, and then uh, uh, our uh, president, Grover Cleveland, uh, Frank Chiswick, charts a cheer that will probably still exists today with us, four more beers, four more beers. <laughs> So, so when I got the letter about four days later, I knew that it was the, from the uh, Constitution Day Committee. I knew we were going to be commended for outstanding. Well, it's mostly what that letter said. If you ever act like this again, you will never march in this parade. And so <laughs> oh. that's how we started. All right. But, we've now, but now, Keith, we're, uh, we bring presidents to schools. And this year, we, because of COVID, we 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 also started, I like to say, 1991. We started the first Saturday night concert. By we uh, sponsored the Watts, the Grand Watsonville Community Band, and they played and marched in the parade the next day. And that still goes on. You mostly see with the Nevada County uh, Band, which is an exceptional concert band. And uh, we also started the Colonel William Bill Lambert Award for Community Service. And this year we gave out the 31st an- annual one to Fran Cole. Just like all the rest of the people, all the 31 other people that received it, and to me, for me personally, 
each year when I have a chance to give that award to that individual personally, it's just, uh, I almost go to tears. It's, it's once again our community and how, how, how amazingly involved it is. Yep. We did a really special thing this year, and I may try to squeeze this in. It was a video about Ellen Clark Sargent, who was a pioneer woman here in Nevada City and a pioneer suffrage person, one of, a major player. And we did a half an hour uh, a video and about her, and it, it was stunningly done. Uh, featured Mary Baird as uh, uh, Ellen Clark, and it was written by uh, Pamela Berry, and also featured Rick Ewald. And, and uh, it's available now for for schools and 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 for uh, social cl- service clubs to, to view. And it's a really good point. It featured how the struggle for women to get the right to vote. Yeah, an excellent, right. excellent, excellent theme. So, David, we're we're, uh, we're running out of time here, and I want to thank you for helping us better understand who you are and sharing your insights about making our community and our world better and having fun in the process, and I think that's just absolutely super. And I want to say you've been listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR. I'm Keith Porter. I've been talking today with David Sparky Parker, artist, community activist, former Sierra College trustee, former mayor, founder of the famous Marching Presidents, and a whole lot of other things in our community. 